Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free. Boom, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Greg Peterson here, and welcome to the 251st episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where three days a week we work together educating and inspiring you to become part of your food revolution. Healthy food is something that everybody wants, delicious and nutritious, and right outside your own door is even better. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to IWANTTOGARDEN.COM and you will receive our free webinar about the seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember, that's GARDEN to 44222 or IWANTTOGARDEN.COM. Today on our podcast, we have someone who is making an effort in the kitchen to help with the food revolution. Let's get to know Shane Jordan and talk to him about his food waste philosophy. Shane is a vegetarian chef and author based in Bristol, England. He works teaching cooking at universities and festivals and has been described as a pioneer for his imaginative use of food waste in restaurants. He has written a cookbook detailing his alternative approach called Food Waste Philosophy. In it, he explains his concepts and shares many of his popular recipes. Shane has a passion for education, working in schools, and spreading his green message. He is dedicated to showing that dealing with environmental issues can be fun and interesting. Welcome to the show today, Shane. Hello, hi. Thanks for being here. That's, that's okay. I um, appreciate the opportunity to talk about this. Perfect. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at now? Well, basically, what happened was... I came across Food Cycle and Food Cycle was the the sort of moment where it kind of came to me and I said, actually, I can use the skills and the creativity that I have to help people to reduce their food waste through um, through cooking and, and imagination, basically. Mm-hmm. Food Cycle started me on that journey. So you use the term Food Cycle. What does that mean? Well, Food Cycle is an organization that has volunteers, usually students, or in the community, and they they take uh, surplus food, food that would be thrown away, and they make a community meal. And um, wow. I have I happened to be there when they were making a meal, and I saw their logo, and I asked about Food Cycle. And when I volunteered with them, it just started me on this journey, really. Mm-hmm. 
um, it was a, it was an incredible journey, and it's just led me to many, many people, many different situations, just by by chance, by meeting them. Cool. So, well, and I always love the that way when you know the seeds get planted for long term success. How has that impacted your life since you've interacted with them? Well, it's made me more conscious. I've just been very consciously aware of food and how important food is, and the, the history of just how precious our resources are and and what we're throwing away and Mm -hmm. it just made me very conscious of those things and being around other people it just encouraged me to to sort of look at things from a different angle nice nice so food waste when you're talking about cooking with food waste there's a little bit of an ooh factor here like oh my gosh we're going to take food waste and make food you know, edible food out of it, but that's not really what you're talking about, is it? You're just talking about food that maybe is left over. Tell me about that. Uh, yes, basically, it, it's food that's left over. Um, you've got too much of something, or in some way, it's. I don't visually, it might not be as 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 you as you might have it in your shop. For instance, you might have like a banana, uh-huh. and it might look a little bit black. Right. And I would, and I'd say, well, you know, peel it. And if you're going to mush it, mush it up anyway, uh-huh. then it's not a problem about how it looks because it's still edible and you can make a, a, an enjoyable meal. So it's, it's taking food that you've got too much of and also food that might not resemble the, the same look as it would in its best before state. Mm-hmm. So really, this is just food that maybe isn't quite as pretty, but it's still more than edible. Yes. The key thing is that it's edible. It's just we're in such a food perfection type of environment that we want food to look absolutely beautiful and magnificent, even though we're going to chop it and dissect it and do all these different things with the food. And you think, well, you know, it it looks great, but you know you're going to cut this, right? You know it's going to boil or it's going to be in a sauce. So it's just looking at things realistically. Got it. So tell me about your book. Food Waste Philosophy? Well, my book, basically, it documents how I started my journey from food cycle as a child uh, growing up and how I never used to want to recycle or I was interested in environmental work or anything. I was very negative and I threw things away. And it's just basically just being honest and saying, this is how, this is a journey that I took it also talks about vegetarianism. It also talks about sustainability, mm-hmm. the people that I've met along the way. It's, it's it's not just food waste, but it's also just the mindset of meeting different people and how it changes you. Got it. Cool. So were you a vegetarian before you wrote the book or after you wrote the book? Uh, no, I was vegetarian before. Yeah. Tell us the story about why you chose to be a vegetarian. Well, I've watched a documentary and after the documentary, I, I just, it just, it kept, I became more conscious. It, it just put things into perspective and it, it was a gradual thing. It was, I did it more for, for health reasons. I, I felt better eating more vegetable based diet than, um, than meat. So, you know, first of all, it was red meat and then, mm-hmm. then it was chicken and then fish was the last one. And then I just became um, a vegetarian, but it was a gradual thing. And it wasn't just because I became a vegan, first of all, and then I became a vegetarian. So it's just, it was a gradual thing and it it worked within my diet and I felt comfortable doing that. Yeah. 
Well, I, I recently, actually, it's been almost a year ago now, wow, uh, decided to try the whole vegan path for health reasons. I have Lyme disease, and I was having a conversation last August with a Lyme literate doctor, and he asked me if I was a vegan, and I said, no, I'm not. He said, do you eat meat? I said, yeah, a little bit. And he's, so he, in about 20 minutes, had a conversation with me that had me dive in and say, all right, I'm going to try this whole vegan thing. And I, I did the vegan thing for a while, and I, I'm mostly vegan now, and, but definitely vegetarian. How, how has that impacted your health? I ate so much sort of red meat. Um, previously, you know, many years ago, and uh-huh. I just felt very, very heavy. And when I had a plant-based diet, I just felt a lot lighter. Mm-hmm. And um, plus, it, it made me—I don't know—I had more knowledge of different types of vegetables. I didn't realize mm. sometimes you get into the cycle of eat, eating the same food, same types of food every single year. And once you once you become a, a vegetarian or you, you have more plant-based diet you see things from a different perspective again. You, you realize, oh, this is so many different food out there, so much things you can eat. Uh, there's quinoa or some, some different different things you can eat, and it just introduces you to different things, and it's amazing. And um, I just felt the physical effects of that, and I, yeah. I think it was very um, positive for me. Yeah, cool. Excellent. Well, and I'm a, I'm a big believer that everybody has to figure out for themselves what, yeah. you know, what is going to be the diet that works for them so um you know experiment away yeah definitely i think the key thing is to listen to your body you know when you eat something and you feel better and you eat something and you feel stodgy inside you listen to your body and you make a conscious decision what to put into yourself and, and what to leave away yeah so you interact a lot with the public in this arena can you think of a story that was uh significant to you over the past couple of years in interacting with the public? Mm, I think, I think because conversation, you meet people, you go to festivals or uh, some type of event and you meet people and they, they tell you about themselves and you, you just, you learn, you know, not unconsciously and then you learn consciously uh, and then it, it gets into your mind and you, and you think, Actually, I'm going to make these subtle changes. Uh-huh. And um, I've done that in, in many ways, you know, to do with my diet and, or to do with, you know, whether it's recycling or the way that I, I do things in, in life. I, it's just made me consciously think of, actually, is, is this, could there be a better way? And, and, and does this fit into my lifestyle? And meeting people just randomly, you know, they, they can have such an effect on you. It's, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. That is the case. That is the case. And, you know, as a, as a culture, I, I, I don't know about uh, you over in Bristol, but as a culture, we come together around food all the time. You know, when we have a party here at the Urban Farm, where do people end up? In the kitchen, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think food, sometimes drink, it doesn't have to be alcohol, but, you know, uh, drink or a social situation. You could bring people together. You feel relaxed. And when you feel relaxed, you unearth things about yourself and you just get into this nice conversation and a rhythm with, with people and you it's, it's a nice vibe when that happens and you do learn things about yourself and about other people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So from your book, you have, you know, really your story about uh, food waste and how you got where you're at. Uh, but then the other piece is, is that you put together recipes. Do you have a favorite one? 
favorite recipe. I think my favorite recipe is probably my uh, banana skin curry um, because it's so unorthodox. Uh, uh-huh. That that was probably the one that made people think, say, banana skin. Uh, you know, you know, uh, right? It, it made yeah, it made people think. Oh, I didn't know that was edible. So um, it, that was interesting when I first came up with that. So tell us about it, banana skin curry. Now you got my curiosity up. I need to try this. Um, so yeah, it's banana skin curry. But the, the key thing here is you do boil the banana skin. You, you don't eat it raw. Uh-huh. So you, you boil the banana skin. And what's so funny is when you boil it, it, it becomes very soft and it has no taste, kind of like mushroom. So you can manipulate the flavor. So you can add anything with the banana skin. Once it's cut up, it's very soft. It has no taste like mushroom, and mm-hmm. you don't really, you don't really taste it. You don't taste any banana. When people taste the curry, they want to taste the banana taste, but they don't. Right. But it, but I'm just using the the skin because when I was doing something, I was like, oh look, all these banana skins wasted. It'd be great if you could eat them, and and then I I just said, oh let me just research on the internet or see if it's actually edible, and then I found out it was, and I said. Oh, and I came up with a curry, and then I told someone, "Hey, try this curry." Tell them, guess what's inside it? And they were like, "Oh!" And they were trying to guess what was in the curry, and I uh-huh. told them, and they were in shock. And I was like, "And they were just like, I can't believe you put that in there, and it's actually edible. What a strange way to use these leftover banana skins." So it was, it was really fascinating. Wow, and, and banana skins are something that we always throw away. Definitely. I mean, it's just it's funny because I realized culturally. In other countries, you know, they do use the skin, but in a Western society, sometimes um, we see it in a certain way based on habits that we've grown up with. Um, right. If your mother or, or your father or on television, you're always seen to peel the banana, uh, throw away the skin and eat the middle. So it's, it's just it never occurred to people what you could do. Right. Wow. All right. Do you have any other surprises like that in your book? So there's that one. I mean, there's, there's, there's things as well just using bread, using curried pancakes as well, which is using, if you have lots of vegetables, mm-hmm. you can put it in this batter and you can fry it. And it's just a way of getting rid of lots of vegetables that you might have. And it is just like a light chickpea flour, uh, kind of uh, savory pancake, which you can eat. And it's little recipes where you think, okay, it's utilizing bread or too much vegetables or, you know, mm-hmm. the banana skin or little things like that. Wow. How cool is that? So, yeah, I mean, I mean, the key thing for, for me is when I'm coming up with recipes, the creativity. I like yeah. the fact of trying something, experimenting like a like a scientist almost and having a, a, a theory. And, OK, let me try this and, and go through those stages. And, and at the end, it, it tastes nice, not just that not just that it reduces food waste, but it, it tastes nice. And to have the feedback from the public and people and saying, actually, this is really nice. This is a good recipe. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm going to shift on you, and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure, and what you might have learned from it. Well, I'm always experimenting. This one always comes in into mind. I think I, 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 it was in my book. I think I was doing something for uh, Food Cycle, but it was in Food Cycle and Bath, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And they, they, I was trying to utilize something, and I forgot an ingredient. And I said, oh, okay, let me just use I can't remember exactly what it was, but let me just use this one. It looks kind of similar. Let me let me try it. <laughs> uh-huh. And I did it, and it was absolutely disgusting. I don't know what I was playing at, but it was horrible. It didn't taste nice, but it just made me... It, what, what I learned from it was 
I need to find as many different alternatives to different spices and herbs as possible. Because if you run out of something, you need to find out what I can use as a substitute. And it made me investigate substitutes of different foods. So it made me kind of obsessed with finding something like, okay, if I run out of this ingredient, I can use this. If I run out of that, I can use this instead Uh of just relying on one thing. So it was a learning experience, but it was good. Got it. Kind of like, hey, if you run out of mushrooms, you can use banana peels. Or something, yeah, that's what I mean. So it, it's just, it, 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 instead of sometimes when you have something and you say, okay, you know, I want to make a pizza or something. And he's like, okay, there's no flour. And you're like, okay, well, it's over. No pizza. And it's like, well, you know, don't just stop there. Think about what you need. What is a pizza? What do you need? What else can give you a base? What, uh-huh. else, what else can do this? And it's just, it it, it definitely um, made me in, adventure into different things that you can do alternatives yeah T- talking about pizzas recently my sweetie Heidi and I made a cauliflower crust for our pizza have you ever tried that cauliflower crust in what in which way which way did you do that then well we cut it up cooked it mashed it and added a I think we added a thickening agent to it and then kind of spread it around uh, the pizza tray and then put our pizza fixings on top of it. It was absolutely amazing. Mm, that sounds quite nice, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Well, and I've heard that cauliflower also, you can mash it like mashed potatoes. And I've not eaten that before, but I hear that's really, uh, really good, too. Yeah, definitely. I think it's amazing uh, the consistencies that you can get from different food, actually. Um, yeah. It's amazing what you can do. You know, when you think of potatoes or anything, you know, you think of whipping something, All you need is a consistency of something so it could be whipped. You don't need potatoes. You know, it's certain things that you you can do if you're bold enough to to take that step. Yeah, that's the bold enough part. And I'll tell you what, I'm I'm always looking for epic in my my podcasts. And I have to say that the banana skin curry, that's epic. Congratulations on that one. I'm going to... I'm going to actually see if I can convince you to send me that recipe so I can post it on the show notes page. But I want to try that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually it's on my website, too. Um, it's in my book and it's on my website. Cool. Um, that was the one that kind of got a lot of attention because it was such a, a strange recipe. But it, it tasted so nice and it was it was just a, a nice conversation piece. Oh, no kidding. No kidding. <laughs> Truly epic. So what do you consider your biggest success? My biggest success is working working with Love Food Hate Waste, I think, and working with the different councils in, in the in the cities and in towns that they know my name and I'm doing work with them and they, they respect what I've done and a nice collaboration that we've we've had over the over the years. That feels nice. Nice. So what drives you? drives me I think I have a passion and when you have a passion it it's this like fire inside you and it Mm -hmm. it feels it feels good it warms you it's a nice feeling to know that you're contributing to something when you look at the the history of you know whether it's rationing and and food and how important food is and the way people were were starving in, in, in World War One and two and how important food was and those you know great people that actually came up with recipes to help other people to think that I'm continuing something along that lines that I'm helping people to 
to not only reduce their food waste but to, to come up with recipes and it's a nice feeling to know that I've I'm doing my part and I'm using my creativity and my mind to come up with different recipes and it's a nice feeling that I'm doing something for the community and I'm being acknowledged for that yeah very nice is there a resource that's been influential for you in this process in your life I would say well the, the biggest resource is probably the internet the internet um mm. social media is incredible um Twitter is incredible I've met so many people from all across the world and they've got different ideas or similar uh, thought patterns to me. And I'm like, wow, it's amazing. I never would have known that you existed if it wasn't for this yeah. platform. So that's incredible. Um, YouTube's incredible because there's documentaries. I love watching biographies and documentaries and interviews of people that I respect and admire and hearing their passion and their drive and how they've started from something small and they've expanded. You know, it's inspiring. I, I love that. Yeah. What you know these days? If you want to learn anything, where do you go? I mean, YouTube. The thing yeah. is, YouTube's incredible. I right. mean, you could learn how to play the guitar, the saxophone. You could learn how to, you know, mountain climb. Anything. They there's tutorials. It's amazing what people yeah. are sharing online. Isn't yeah. absolutely amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So, what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? Question everything, and don't believe everything you hear. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. I think the key thing is to question. If someone says something to you, okay, this is how to make something. Mm-hmm. Question it. Is that the only way to make it? Is that the way you make it? Or is that the only way? And just question things. Be curious. You know, Learn about your environment. Why are things recycled? Um, why do they take it from me? Why is it recycled? What are the positives? What are the pros and cons yeah. of, of this? Uh, recipes and eating and... Um, how much do you really need to eat day to day and what could you do to help yourself, your community and sharing food and how to freeze things and refrigerate? Just look into everything as much as possible that can benefit you and other people. And that's what I'd say. Just question things. And experiment and play sounds like. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That's another thing. Don't be don't be scared to make a make a little mistake. You know, some people are so paranoid. They, they play it so safe and it's it's nice to to experiment and do something and if you do burn something it doesn't work you know you can still you can still compost the food you can still use your food food waste caddy it can still be recycled you know you're still not wasting food it's still being recycled if you want to experiment you feel oh if i try something then it's, it's a waste no because it's, it's being recycled you know it, yeah. the key thing is once you learn about recycling and what they do with food that food that you don't eat is made into fertilizer to make new food it's quite nice you think wow that's amazing it's being made into fertilizer to make new food. And then uh-huh. you eat that food and that's made as fertilizer to make new, more food. And it's a very nice cycle. And to know that you're a part of that cycle is incredible. Yeah. I didn't know about that. I just, in my head, the way I was brought up in the sense was you, you have food, you don't want to eat it. You throw it in the bin right. and that's it. And, and it's, it you know, away. yeah. And it just goes away. I just didn't see any link. I just thought that's what you do with food. You don't want it. You throw it away it's taken in the black bin and that's where food goes. I didn't have the appreciation for, you know, the farmers and the truck drivers that drive all through the night while we're sleeping to get, deliver this food to us. I didn't realize how big it was until I started to investigate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, uh, yeah, it's appreciation really. Amen to that. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Shane. That's okay. I appreciate uh, the, the conversation. Um, yeah. I hope, the listeners um, get something from this and they check out my website or 
my Twitter, and I hope I'm able to communicate with them. Perfect. What is your website? My website is foodwastephilosophy.com, and I have Twitter as well is at foodwastesshane. My website has lots of lots of tips on ways to reduce your food waste and stories, etc. And my Twitter, I'm very active on there. I'm always posting, retweeting what other people are are talking about food waste and mm-hmm. society in general. So uh, I'm always very uh, active and opinionated in, on many subjects. Perfect. Perfect. You can find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org slash Shane Jordan. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Do you want to save money at the grocery store, eat more organic whole foods, cultivate food security, and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food. They think they don't have enough space, that they're too busy, or that they simply don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've fallen for one of these gardening myths. If you think you can't grow food, or if you think the only food that you have access to is what you buy in the grocery store, I have a life-changing webinar that you need to see. It's free and will help you unearth your inner gardener. I've helped thousands of people just like you learn to grow their own food and I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that with the right knowledge in place, there is no such thing as a black thumb. With this webinar, you can begin making your garden dreams come true and start growing delicious, nutritious food for your family. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to IWantToGarden.com and you will receive our free webinar about the seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember, that's GARDEN to 44222 or IWantToGarden.com. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, Hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago. Then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free.